0: research, history, archives, websites, film, audio and video recording and recognition. Visit us at WIJSF.com. You're listening to blogcockradio.com slash musicwoman with your host, Diva J.C.
1: Well, good afternoon. This is Dr. Joan Cartwright, commonly known as Dr. Diva J.C. We have beautiful weather here in Florida. We've had rain, 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 but now it's back to beautiful. So I hope everyone is tuned in and listening. My guest today is a phenomenal artist, and I'm going to bring her in. Yay.
2: <laughs> hey <don't>. Valerie. <laughs> How are you? That was,
3: oh I'm just wonderful thank you. I'm uh, up here in New York enjoying the summer right now.
1: How is it? What's what it like?
3: Oh it's nice and warm and um I love being out on the lake because that's where I get so much inspiration to create new music.
2: So Which from lake? the lake
3: to the studio. Which lake? I live on a a beautiful lake called Lake Mayapak, and it's just about an hour from New York City, but it's way up in the country, and I have my recording studio right here, um, and it's just lovely to be able to do both, you know, do both activities in the same day.
1: That's terrific. That's terrific.
3: So let's get right into
1: the interview. How did you come to music
3: as a child? Oh boy! Well, you know, it was just one of those things. It was there all the time. It was just so natural. It was. I used to climb up on the piano bench and in my home and in my grandparents' home, and any time there was anything musical, I was on it. And it just it just seemed like it was meant to be. You know, I just gravitated toward music. And of course, it wasn't until I was much older that it became a, an idea to devote my life to it and to do it professionally and, and to intertwine it with business and all those things. But music was just always a happy place. You know, it was just and something did I got one
1: Did anyone in your family
3: play an instrument? Yes, there was um, one very close relative who I did not grow up with, who I really didn't learn about until later. Uh, but there was definitely some music in my genes.
1: No, but I mean, in your household, when you
3: were, in your childhood, in
2: your no, childhood. No,
1: nobody
3: played.
2: Nobody played music.
1: But you had the instrument in the house.
3: Yes. Yes, there was a piano in the house for a little while. And I just fell in love with that piano. And I just climbed up on it every day. And then the piano was gone one day. And after that and I didn't really understand why but I went to visit all the neighbors. Any neighbor with a piano, I would knock on their door. So eventually my mother got a piano. Oh, okay. Now,
1: did you study music theory?
3: Yes. I started studying uh I got, I, I guess I was about 5 or 6. I took lessons, mm-hmm. private lessons, and then when you're in 3rd grade, you could start in the oh. band instruments in school. And so I did that. I played the flute and I played the trumpet and I had private lessons with that as well. And then when I got a little older and I started playing guitar, I studied started studying music theory and jazz and a lot of other different kinds of modalities in music.
2: Okay. And then later,
3: later I started using learning about music as healing and music as sound therapy and vibrational therapy.
2: So wait, wait, I had wait, a, had wait. A,
1: don't tell the whole life in a sentence, okay?
2: <laughs> okay.
1: All right. So, you know, it's really, Valerie, I try to get people to stick to the question. Because I'm going to okay. get there. But, you know, we tend to just go off into these <laughs> paths, you know. So, sure. you write music. How many songs or compositions would you say you have composed?
3: Oh boy, that's a good question. Uh, well, there's albums, probably 10, 11, 12, 10 songs on each album. And then there's probably 20 that are in the can. And then there's another maybe 20 songs that have never been released. So I don't know. I think hundreds, hundreds of publishing.
1: companies. And do you have a publishing company? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. And what is the name of the publishing company?
3: The publishing company
1: is called Valrock Music. Okay. And are you with BMI, ASCAP? ASCAP. PSAC? Okay. Good. Yes. Now, have you ever thought about or have you ever put your songs in a book?
3: I have not put my songs in a book. How do you mean
1: Well, there's the Stevie Wonder song book. And there's the Cal Ah. King song book. And there's the Joan Cartwright song book. Oh,
3: I see. Yeah. Yes, you mean mean the sheet music in a book. I have not done that yet, but I certainly Mm -hmm. can and probably will at some point.
1: Yeah, well, I encourage our members to do that because long after we're gone, Those songs are there, you see? Yes. Yeah. It's good that they're on YouTube. It's good that they're on a record. But if you look at the music that we have studied as music students, it's sheet music.
3: Yes. Yes, that is very true. And it is kind of thrilling when you see a piece of music that you wrote with notes and, you know, printed and looking very professional that anybody could read it and play it. It's very exciting. Yes, it is.
1: Absolutely. So let's get into your career. Did you go to college or study in college at all?
3: Yes, I did. I did some college. I, well, first of all, when I was in high school, I found a world-renowned guitar teacher named Link Chamberlain He's not with us any longer, but his, his method of teaching was, it was almost like a lifestyle. He was so amazing, and I studied with him in high school, and then when I went to college, rather than going to a conservatory, I stayed local, and I studied uh, writing and liberal arts and music, and my private studies was a third of my program, so I was able to use my private studies in my college program. And then after that year, I studied at, at the Institute of Audio Research, and I studied recording engineering uh, at NYU and the Institute of Audio Research. And then I wound up working, and I just got really busy in the scene in New York City, and this is in the, late, in the mid-'80s. And then I just wound up playing and creating a business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so when did you start performing live?
3: Oh wow, that would be all the way back in high school. We were we would we had a little band, we practiced in the basement and we played at some local clubs and parties and then I s and then I would do singles and play in little clubs and restaurants and then eventually in Manhattan when I was, you know, in my when I first really getting into the music industry We started playing gigs, and then weddings, and jazz gigs, and wedding gigs, and that started a whole decades-long career of music in the event industry.
1: And is that how the Starlight Orchestra
3: developed? Yes, exactly. And how many pieces? How many pieces? My band works, the Starlight Orchestra works at minimally around 12 or 13 pieces, and it goes all the way up to 18, 20 pieces. And it's really like a dance band, like a show band. We play all popular dance music of every genre you could think of, as long as it's for dancing or for something to do with the romance of a wedding ceremony. Thing is geared toward creating experiences for guests so that they can celebrate and party and do those kinds of things so the out of the 18 piece band, many of them are singers and dancers so it's entertainers up front and musicians as well all mixed together
1: mm-hmm.
3: now you're a leader
1: but did you ever run into any challenges working with men
3: <laughs> that's a good question You know, I've always, my whole life, ever since I was a little girl, I've always done the things that, you know, the boys were doing and men were doing, and I always, yeah, I wanted to play baseball little league before, you know, girls were allowed. I wanted to have a paper route before girls were allowed. So I've always been, and my family was in the meat business. There were no girls down there. So I've always kind of really tried to create a, blaze a little bit of a, trail for myself. And sometimes, uh, you know, it was very accepted and it was met with a lot of, you know, really open attitude and other times not. So it's been kind of an ongoing, you never know what you're going to run into and what people are going to be thinking. But I've always believed if you're just, you know, if, if you're, if you are really serious about what you do and you bring your A game all the time, it always works out well.
1: And did you have men call you to be on gigs? Sure. Yes. Good. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest complaint that the younger women are having today, that they're not being called, they're not being included. You know, mm. and exclusion in this business is common for women. Very common. Yeah. Unless you're a leader. And then you're not waiting for someone to call you. You're calling them.
3: <laughs> that is definitely one way around it. That is for sure. Yeah. So now, what would you advise
1: a young woman coming into the music industry?
3: Mm. Wow, that's a good question, Joan. And the music industry but, but is wait, different. But wait, Valerie, wait. Before you answer
1: that question, did you ever take any business courses?
3: I did not take any business courses in school. However, I worked in my family business from the time I was 10 years old. So I learned about business. My family was in the meat business and the real estate business. So I had a working knowledge. So I would say I had an education in business, even though I didn't go to school for business.
1: Okay, you came from a business background, right? Yes. Okay, so now what would you advise a young woman coming into the music industry?
3: Well, I would say, before I say anything about music, what I would advise anybody about anything is to really hold an image in your mind of what it is you want. And continually try to create that for yourself by drawing that energy to you. The more you want something, you think about it, you imagine it, and then you put everything into it. So the more practical advice I would say is to always, well, I guess I would give anybody the advice to make yourself indispensable. You know, bring every. find out what your gifts are and bring them to the table and know that you'll you will connect up with the you know with the right circumstances and situations that have your skill set you know because I think everything is about timing and lining up right um, just as an example there's um, Certain musicians that um, I would like to, say, hire for my band, but I know that they're on the road. They're going to be going to work with a headline act and they're not available. Well, one day that person may have a family and have kids and then may not want to be going on the road. And then all of a sudden there they are available to do a local gig that they wouldn't have been available. So things really line up at different times. So I say, you know, just really stay true to your goal, keep sight of your goal, and do everything toward that goal and continue to always, I think, practice and bring forth what it is that you want to express and contribute to the world. Good advice. Okay, on that note,
1: I'm going to play uh, Pink Skies Over Still Water.
3: You want to set that up for us? Oh, yes, I sure would. Um, That is from my album Healing Music Volume 2 that is part of a larger, longer piece of music called Pink Skies Suite. And I was inspired to write that music being out on the lake on my paddleboard where I try to be every day around the sunset. And after the sun sets and there's all these clouds in the sky, very often the sky starts pinking up. It gets pink and purple and orange. And I just soak up those those vibrations and then that is what came through when I went into the recording studio and I was just trying to express the feeling of peace that that kind of sky and nature scene gave me. And that is what is expressed in that piece of music. Okay. And, and it's, it's very relaxing. It's, What's sorry? your birth sign? My birth sign?
1: hmm Leo. Okay, Queen. <laughs> We're gonna play this, and we'll be back in ten minutes, so you can very good hang up, call back in, or listen, or relax. I'll okay? listen.
3: I will close my eyes and go inward, as is as is what is recommended for that piece of music.
1: Beautiful, and I will too.
3: Pink good. Skies. Thank you. I'll, I'll meet you there.
1: Pink skies over still water by Valerie. Roman, huh? How
2: peaceful.
1: And I Mm. believe that is Valerie's goal. Your music is about healing. Talk about
3: it. Yes. Um, One end of the spectrum of my music, which counters the uh, big party band, Music for Dancing, the other end of the spectrum is music for peace and music for meditation and music for healing and balancing. And I found that with an intention, you know, to put into the music vibrations that are very peaceful, music is a tool for wellness and for relaxation and rejuvenation. And all of those things are so important as just part of our daily wellness. And I had been on a a path of wellness and mindfulness and I guess you could say a, a kind of a spirituality for many years. And... Finding some time to slow down and go inward and disconnect from the outer world has been very important in my practice for many, many years. And I started to realize that music is an offering for people that can help, you know, help just slow down and be peaceful. And so I started creating music with this for this purpose, and it's been very rewarding. And then I learned there's a whole community of people doing this kind of music and searching for this music: music for yoga, music for meditation, music for massage, spa music, tranquility music. So I put out uh, several albums like that, and I very much enjoy creating that in the studio. It's very meditative to play. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I used to find when I was just practicing the piano that I I would be so calm afterwards, you know. Almost like I had been in a coma. That calm, <laughs> Yeah.
2: Music yes, comes exactly.
1: There it is. You know.
2: Yes, yep. Yeah,
3: yeah. Do you work with women musicians? I do. I don't work exclusively with women musicians. I work with uh, everybody really. And it all depends on the project. It depends on the project and the style. And I always have, there's always uh, some female musicians in my band. And I, I've never, I've maybe once or twice been in an all female band, but for the most part, uh, it's just um, a real variety. Mm
1: -hmm. Okay.
3: Now that, that piece,
1: um, pink Skies, what would be, what was the instrumentation?
3: Yes, I'm glad you asked. I always love to have a, a kind of exotic instruments as part of the mix because of that different flavor, because I really am going for a kind of a world music sound, and some of those, some instruments are known for their healing properties or the vibrations that come out of that instrument. So, we have, um, I started the piece with guitar, uh, acoustic guitar and electric guitar and synthesizers in my studio. And then I added bansuri flute. It's an Indian flute. That's a wooden flute that my friend Tom Rossi played. And he also plays an African harp called a kora. It's a 12-string harp that's made out of a gourd. And we have both of those instruments. I also have sitar on there. Uh, Stephen McNamara played beautiful sitar, and I played bass. And that is, yes, I think that's pretty much it. There might be a little bit of percussion as well that Tom Rossi played.
1: Okay, I heard the sitar and the cora. I'm very familiar with,
3: um, mm-hmm. but I knew
1: I knew that you had Indian instrumentation, and I could hear that. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yes,
3: that flute, you know, that wooden flute too is just so evocative and peaceful.
1: Okay, now, what about traveling abroad? Have you been abroad to perform? Um,
3: yes, I was in Israel. Um, shortly before the pandemic, and I didn't go to perform. I went uh, to visit with family and vacation, and uh, we were invited to a local jam session, which was uh, really super fun. But most of the traveling I've done with the Starlight Orchestra and also with my own my own original music and Groove into Bliss, uh, that's been in the United States. And I'm very excited and open to travel abroad, but we haven't done that yet. And you've been to Florida? Oh, yes, many times. Yes, I go to Florida fairly regularly with the Starlight Orchestra. We play at uh, a lot of the big charity events and big gala balls and some weddings. We play at the hotels. I play in Key West quite a bit, Palm Beach, Naples, Miami. Uh, Yeah, other places, too. Have you heard of
1: the Arts Garage in Delray Beach.
2: Oh, While I love I'm, Delray Beach,
1: but I don't know. I would suggest that you contact Marjorie Waldo and tell her that you're a member and that we would love for you to be there. Now, I don't know if they'll bring in your orchestra. <laughs> you might have okay. to have a school. You know, a quartet, quintet.
3: Yes. Yes, uh, I would love to do that. That would be su- super great, and I will. I just wrote it down. Marjorie Waldo, Arts Garage, Delray Beach. Right. And I think if you go to the website,
1: there might be a place where you can submit your, um, yeah, submissions. But make sure, I'm going to connect the two of you through email, but you go into the submission process, okay? I was just there last week for Mother Blues, and we had a ball, and I said, I think you would be good there. We have a saxophone player here, Debbie Taft, and she has a, a an orchestra, and she is phenomenal. She does... All the pop music, you know. And um anyway, yeah, the arts garage I think would be a great place for you to perform. Mm-hmm. There was another Fantastic. place that I can't think about what it is right this minute, but we'll stay in touch. So we met on Katherine Riley's um Zoom so how did you meet Catherine, Kathleen,
2: Kathleen? Right? Oh,
3: I, yes. I, met, I went to a conference uh, several years ago um, from the wellness universe, and it was called Soul Treat as opposed to Retreat. It was a soul treat. And from there I met Amanda Masters. She was one of the speakers. And she started Awake TV Network and through and then Awake TV network started broadcasting my online concerts Groove to Bliss that I started during the pandemic and I met so many wonderful people through Amanda and the Awake TV network and Kathleen is somebody that I met and Kate Lumley and um, Kate was on that Zoom with you. I wasn't on that day. But Kate immediately called me and said, oh, my God, you have to meet Dr. Joan Cartwright. And so Mm -hmm. she connected us. And then you and I spoke, like, the next day. And that was super fun. And I love the way this happens. You just
1: said it with your advice (laughs) to the young woman. You know, you gravitate toward the people that you are supposed to be with. You know, your tribe. Yes, exactly. Okay.
3: I think it works that I'd way. I'd love
1: to look at your graphics. Who does all your graphics for you?
3: Oh, uh, a, a woman named Angel has been doing the graphics for me lately. Ever since I met you, I started with her. And, um, They're so uplifting. They're so, so pretty. I had a friend of mine, Chris Vicaro, designed my logo with the colors, with the pink and the turquoise and the lavender, because I really wanted that sort of illuminating light through color. And he captured that beautifully. And now Angel has been putting those into infographics that I've been using on social media. And yeah, I, I will say I just want to comment about my album cover, which uh, of Healing Music Volume Two. Um, uh, my girlfriend Shay Condro is an amazing artist, and we used her painting for one of her paintings for the album cover. And she designs all the backdrops when I perform. her paintings are printed on canvas on um, banners, and then we light them up. So I have a lot of amazing art around me because, you know, the art holds the vibration just like the music does, the healing vibrations and whatever our intentions are. So between the music and the color and the art, it's all part of a, an experience of transformation. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. We are officially in the age of Aquarius. So, <laughs> yes, we are. One <laughs> of my favorite songs your band, Spirit Jam.
3: Yes. Spirit Jam is a a band that can be, it can be, I customize my performances depending on uh, what the venue is, what the event is and what it is that people want to experience. So I would say I've coined a phrase called still chill thrill because I play in so many different genres. It's not just up-tempo. It's not just meditation music. So Spirit Jam is a band that has in it the capacity to play the world's music, but also to play kind of jammy music, but also to play meditation music and to take people through an experience. So music is not only for entertainment, you know, as we've been talking about, but I like to use it as as a tool to take some sort of a journey into ourselves and into our souls. And so if we, before we actually dance, you know, and sing and party, if we take a few moments to get centered and use the music to have some intentions or some intentionality, I'm sure Kathleen Riley spoke with you about that because I know she is very into that and we share that idea that whatever our intentions are, we not only can put them into the music, but we can use the music to strengthen those intentions. So Spirit Jam is music, but it's also has some experiential stuff. It has some teaching to it. It has some opportunity as an illustration to use the music, create some kind of an intention, and then from there we, we uplift ourselves to the music and singing and dancing and entertainment. So there's a component first that has to do with <laughs> calling, you know, kind of using it with intention, setting an intention or creating a, an idea, you know, as a, manif- as a manifesting tool.
1: Yeah, well, for indigenous uh, people, music has never been entertainment, never. It's always been no. ritualistic. It's only in the last maybe four centuries that music has been entertained. Right.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So listen, mm-hmm. I got about two minutes to talk and then I want to play um, Went Prelude, Went Beyond the Bend. What do you mean? By ah. That?
3: Okay, Prelude went beyond the bend and back. Okay, so um, I created the first uh, p- part of it. It's the first movement. Well, I called it Prelude. And it, it, uh, you, you'll hear it. it, it it's, a, it's a big journey. A lot of my songs, I have a hashtag music to journey on because it starts in one place and then it takes you somewhere. And you can use, you can kind of ride on the music as if it's almost like you're getting on a jet plane and the music is taking you or you can just use the music to kind of float on. And Prelude Went Beyond the Bend is, um, each piece is separate. The Beyond the Bend is separate and, and, and from Prelude. But I put them all together as a large movement. And you'll hear, you'll feel that there's different levels that you can drop into while you're listening to the music. And ultimately, it takes you back up to a, a happy place. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Valerie, for joining <laughs>
1: me today. And this show will be archived in about twenty minutes after the show. And let's keep talking, okay? I'd love to see you when you come to Florida.
3: Oh, thank you so much, absolutely. And I've been—I love being on your show, and I love being part of the Women in Jazz South Florida.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. Okay, here we go. Prelude. Here we go.
0: Wijsf.com Women in Jazz South Florida Inc is a nonprofit educational organization that promotes women musicians globally through events, concerts, performances, clinics, lectures, workshops, articles, interviews, newsletters, courses, contacts, research, history, archives, websites, films, Audio and video recordings and recognition. Visit us at wijsf.com. You're listening to blogcockradio.com slash music woman with your